welcome to the All Out Football Podcast. Now, at the start of the season, I had three football fans from respective clubs, Sutton United, Derby County and MK Dons. And we've had a few fans on uh, in other episodes throughout the season and delighted to be joined by two more fans from the EFL. Focusing on the championship, we're joined by Benedict Ferraby from uh, Hull or Hull City as a supporter and we're joined by Glenn Watkin, who's a Coventry City supporter, the Sky Blues. Uh, welcome to the podcast, chaps. I want to start with the news about Valerian Ishmael being sacked as the West Brom manager. Um, Glenn, I'll start with you because it's your part of the world in the West Midlands. Um, I suppose that West Brom, they've come down from the Premier League. Obviously, there's lots of talk about parachute payments, everything like that, but they probably were expected to go straight back up. But having said that, though, they have actually stuttered this season. So... Not really a surprise that the manager's gone. No, um, my ex-boss at my work is a baggage fan. And obviously there was a bit of banter going between us because uh, West Brom, we beat Peterborough, went top of the league, and then West Brom beat QPR to go top of the league. But I think there's been an undercurrent with Mail that he's not really playing the style of football that they like. Hmm. I think they want the pretty passing football. I think they've kind of been had Pulis and a bit of the Allardyce to let football and don't really like the style of playing. I think he rubbed a few of the fans up the wrong way. Uh, I think he's, he's quite a stubborn character. I think it wasn't a case of if he'd go. I think it was when he would go. I just think the timing's really, really bad, obviously. Steve really can't, if he does get the job, he can't really sign anyone by any free agent. So um, I just think, in a few boundaries, fans say, his, his style of play isn't conducive to... Uh, a big club. I think he's more like an underdog manager where they'll accept that style of play. I think West Brom have a we play football into their DNA, much like West Ham and some other teams. They want the team to play football. So I just never think it was a good fit. And he seems to have alienated a lot of senior pros there as well, obviously. And he fell out with Robert Snodgrass, who's obviously left. He left Sam Johnson out. And um, yeah, they weren't that impressive when they beat us early in the season. They played decent first half and then second half they were hanging on for dear life. So it just didn't seem a manager who really was a right fit for them personally. Key point, Benedict, is that I, I certainly have a feeling that Valerian Ishmael led Barnsley to the playoffs last season in English football and that's it. That's all he's done. So was it really the right fit in the first place, as, as Glenn said? I think initially, obviously, the main reason they've gone for Ishmael is, is um, his record at Barnsley was outstanding. Um, there's no getting away from that. But um, like, um, I'm, I'm based in the West Midlands anyway, so obviously I know a, a lot of West Brom fans as well, funnily enough, and I was speaking to one of them. And um, he said it's a few weeks too late, which is, un- is understandable, looking at the recent form. I think even when we played them in... November, they weren't really at their best. If I remember rightly, it was a mistake on our part that gifted them the um, the three points. I wasn't really overly impressed by them at that point. Obviously, early on in the season, they were blowing teams away, and it looked like they, they're obviously one of the favourites for promotion. And but then they've they've obviously stuttered. It's not really come to a shock that um that he's he's gone really. To be fair. Yeah, I mean, there's also going to be questions now about whether whether they are promotion material going into mm. the end of the season. 
let's now focus on both of your respective clubs for this episode on the All Out Football podcast. Ben, I'm going to start with you. It's all change at Hull City. There's a new owner and he's Turkish. It's Akin, I, I can never say his name. Um, Ilikali, let's go with that. Um, he's a Turkish TV millionaire with dreams of helping Hull City roar again, of course, because Hull City not so long ago were in the top flight. Uh, but of course, last season was in League One, but promoted back from mm. League One into the Championship. There have been a few years of it hasn't been comfortable, but now they're back in the Championship. But I've got to ask you first, Benedict, sacking Grant McCann, did he really deserve to get the sack? Um, obviously, his, his results prior to when he's got sacked would um, suggest otherwise. And I was in very much in the camp that he should be given a chance to the end of the season. And then the new man brings in um, Shotter, who's um, obviously coming now, but he was linked with um, linked with us since early November. I saw around that time he was doing like English like, um, courses for studying the language because obviously he's from he's from Georgia. But um, yeah, I can understand though why he's brought, he's been brought in, and I was quite impressed by the reasoning behind it. Why he's left at this point in time, saying that it'd be more fair on Grant McCann to leave on a high beat in the second and third place teams in the league rather than being sacked the second we lose. So I can understand why he's done it. I wasn't necessarily um, the biggest fan of the decision, but judging on the way we played on Saturday in Arva Lattie's first game in charge, it seems to be hopefully the right decision. Also, I think it's fair to say, Bennett, that the 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 Alam family were not were not popular. That, that, <laughs> it, 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 like I'll say, I remember the the case of not getting on with the local media and everything like that. But mm. um, I think from your point of view, it's a fresh start. It feels like something very very different. Of course, with a new manager as well. Now, um, again, I can't say his name. I probably won't be able to say his name first time. Shotter. Avla Daze, let's go with that. Um, of course, his first game was a win against Swansea. That's a, a decent result. A fresh start. And I don't think there's any chance of Hull being relegated back down to League One. I think that there is now it feels like it's going to be safe. But looking forward, the new owner has ambition to be back in the Premier League. You must be excited. There must be some ambition amongst Hull City supporters to get the stadium full again with more supporters? Is that how you are thinking and feeling now? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in his um, press conference with the, um, the media last week, um, the new owners spoke about reducing tickets for seniors and younger supporters. And that's something that in the previous regime of the Alams, they famously said that football should be free of charge, like breathing air. And it never materialised. They priced out a generation of young supporters. But it turns out that yesterday, what Akun said in his press conference has um, come true. He's, he's reduced tickets for the um, the first game, not the first game, the, the one of one of his first games against Barnsley in later this month, which is something that we need. I think is the money side of it. Is um like immaterial because we knew that the Alams were like 
obviously really wealthy and so is Akun, but I think just the way that he connects with the the um the supporters and the, the community he seems to have done a lot more in the last week or so since he's took in took charge of the club than the previous owners did for like five or six years. And I think it's just what we needed. And his optimism as well. He spoke in his first interview yesterday, still calculating possibilities of us somehow reaching the playoffs. And I think that's probably might be too ambitious for the end of this season. I think what we need to do is focus on closing the gap between us and the higher ends of mid-table and then build from there. And talking of um, transfer policy, you must be happy to have uh, Regan Slater back on an undisclosed fee. It was, of course, their last season in League One. Um, how happy are you with the transfers that have come in on, obviously, with deadline day and over January? I'm very pleased. Obviously, we've, we've, um, we're, very ca- we're very aware of Regan Slater's capabilities. I think the fact that he's signed after the change in managers just shows how highly he's rated by those that are still here from his previous time and the, the new owner who's been watching the games for a prolonged period of time. And then the other four uh, shows the ambition that we've got under these new owners. I think Syed Manesh, who signed on deadline day, has been bigged up as some sort of sensation in Iran and his previous clubs. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits in. I think... It's just onwards and upwards, really, from where we were just a few weeks ago. Where we started the transfer embargo on us, and we couldn't really sign anybody. Just a breath of fresh air, really. Let's move on to Glenn, just to get a few thoughts. Um, I think it's fair to say that in terms of the championship as a whole, uh, obviously clubs, big clubs in the championship, um, obviously the Forests. And the Blackburns, who are, who are in an, in the mix for the playoffs, and of course Coventry are in that as well. In the next couple of years, you might have someone competing and making the championship even more interesting in, in Hill City for the for, for foreseeable seasons. Yeah, I think Hull have Hull have got a lot of promise. Um, I think they've all, they've always been a big club. I think they've done some good signings. I think Liam Walsh, if he gets himself fit. And plays the level he did at Carve. He's a very good championship midfielder. Um, I was quite disappointed. I always liked him back at Carve, but he is improving at championship level. So I'll be interested to see how he does. Um, I like the lad Ryan Longman, who's been at Brighton. I think he's a good signing. So yeah, they seem, I think they just, my worry with any club who has a foreign owner is that they overload the team with foreigners and probably don't see them in this tour, which they don't seem to have done. So it'll be interesting to see how they do up. I don't really know much about Arvalazzi. I don't really think he's got much of a pedigree, but you never know. They, they, they could be an outsider for the players just to get a bit of momentum on. You never know. There's always one that makes a late dart, isn't there? So, but I think there definitely be, could be someone to watch next season. It could be very interesting. And back to you, Ben, it's on the pitch. I, th- I think you mentioned it that probably getting close to the playoffs this season is probably a bit of a stretch, but in terms of what you what you think should happen for the rest of the season about what you want to see and going into future seasons, as I said, must be must be confident. Yeah, I think um, a lot of fans have touched on it and some of the local media have touched on it. The, the fitness that we've got in the squad in terms of going 90 minutes was something that Grant McCann had, had um, 
embodied in this team. I think now we've got the new manager with his experience of managing like likes of the Turkish Premier League and higher reaches of the Uzbekistan League. Obviously, it's not as much pedigree as the Championship, but you could sort of tell the difference in terms of we're a lot more clinical on Saturday. And I know that would have been with the um, initial new manager bounce, but it'd be interesting to see how he, um, he gets on in the, in the coming weeks. We've got a few tough games in our in the next month or so. We've got Fulham coming up and likes of Sheffield United as well. So it'd be interesting to see how he gets on in, that, in those sort of games against the teams that we have ambitions to be competing against in the in the not too distant future. But I think for the remainder of this season, it's just about him implementing his style of playing, getting ready for next season. Now, don't mind me asking Benedict, but I'm a I follow Cheltenham Town. That's my club. I want to ask about Jacob Greaves because Jacob Greaves had a loan spell at Cheltenham a couple of seasons ago, and he was really, really good at the back. Mm. So, just talking about Jacob Reeves, how have, how have Hull City fans found him? And also, I, I would suggest that experience at lower league clubs like Cheltenham, which I go and, and follow and support, that that's vital for players like that. But just from your point of view, how good has Jacob Greaves been at the back for Hull City this season? Um. I wouldn't say he's actually out of the three centre backs that we've been playing since we've changed formation. Not that I'm saying he's been bad or anything. He's probably been like in terms of the standard, been the least like recognised out of the three. But I, I still like him. I think just the three centre backs we've got in general all complement each other. They're all very young, and they can obviously grow with each other using as as the years go on. And I think with Greaves going to a team like Cheltenham and obviously one. One promotion after not so long afterwards. I think obviously with we see a lot of players recent in recent time going to lower leagues and developing. So I think hopefully with Greaves and so many of the other players we've got, we've seemed to have spent a lot of focus on the academy in recent years. So with the likes of Greaves and Keenan's pop, it's only going to inspire the younger generation that we've got of people in Hull and the East Riding area to get into the first team. But yeah, he's been very solid. I think earlier on in the season, he was a bit, a bit rash, but you could say that for most of the players because I think a few of them, it's their first real taste of championship football. As the season's gone on, he's progressed really steadily. Let's move on to Coventry and the Sky Blues. Uh, Glenn, as, as we recalled, Coventry are 10th in the championship. But off the pitch, Glenn, this is the first full season back at the as, as it used to be called the Rico, it's uh, the city of Coventry Building Arena now. Everybody, yeah, exactly. Everybody calls it the Rico. Um, I suppose, first of all, uh, Glenn, that I remember watching the first game of the new season against Forest, beating Forest 2 1. And since then, there was an unbeaten run. It went on until the 2nd of November until Swansea won. But I've got to ask, first of all, how, how good has it been to be back at the Rico, first of all? Um, it's been great. Obviously, you touched on the first game back against Forest. It was really good. Um, obviously, I'd, we went back. Um, I was sitting, I sit in the same place that I used to sit a few years back before we obviously went to St Andrews. So I saw people that I hadn't seen for several years. And then, obviously, McBride's been scored for 90, whatever, whatever minute it was, and everyone just goes mad. And I think we kind of bottled that and got on from that. Um, which is kind of what we did at St Andrews. We had a habit of scoring late on and finding a way to win. And there was obviously concerns maybe going back to the 
UK that it wouldn't wouldn't work. But it does feel a lot more like home, a lot more enjoyable. Even the games we lose, I don't think we've had a game at home where it's been an absolute horror show where we've been totally outclassed. We've been pretty much in every game this season at home, and we've probably just been the architects of our own downfall. But we've played really good football. Arguably, we, we absolutely obliterated Fulham and kind of ever since then, the season's kind of fell away a bit, which um, I don't really know why, but we just kind of didn't just kind of stuttered after that. But no, it's been uh, it's enjoyable. Uh, it's good to be home. It's been under easy fun for a period, but yeah. An hour journey home every night is after a, after a midweek game isn't the most fun in the world. But of course, again, as we record, approaching an FA Cup fourth round against... Uh, Southampton uh, away from home. Um, how how important is that is a cup run or a t- a, a tilt at the playoffs? How, wh- which one would you prioritise more? I, I would presume you go to Southampton just to have a, have a good have a good go. Yeah, well, I look at it. We we played a couple of Premier League teams away under Mark Robbins. Mm-hmm. We went away to went away to Watford when we were in League One and got beat three 0 but we up from the home end and played reasonably well. 3 0 was probably a bit of a harsh reflection. And then the year before, we went away to Brighton in the fifth round. We were 3 0 down, but we scored and kind of had a go last 10, 15 minutes and probably should have got it back to 3 2. You don't know. I'll be happy if we score a goal and we don't disgrace ourselves. I think a lot of it depends on who Southampton plays and a lot of it depends who we've got fit at the moment. We have got a few players. Who were missing, Mancotain, Terry, and Matty Godden, not fit. But I, I could see us getting a result there. It, it, I think we're one confidence boosting result away from clicking back into gear. I think playoff, when you look at the calibre of money that teams above are to spend, I think there's only really an us and Luton who would be kind of like haven't spent that much money in January. We could upset the Apple cart, but yeah, I I think I'd like a cup win. Anyone would like a cup win, but I think it's more just about the performance. And if you ask me, I'd rather get three points on Tuesday night against Blackpool than over a cup win. I got to talk about Jokeresh. Um <laughs> He he has scored some terrific goals this season, Glenn. Um, more to come. I think it also. If he does score more goals, I presume going into the summer it's going to be quite difficult to possibly keep someone like that. How would you how would you um how would you respond to that, maybe? Uh I wish he kept on his scoring run because I had him at a hundred and fifty to one to eat way into top goal scorer <laughs> in the championship before the season started. Um, and have actually he hardly scored um one of my one of the top sites, unofficial sites, did a Jokeresh Swedish shirt. And ever since I bought that, I started wearing the game. He hasn't scored. I've stopped wearing it today. But um, he's a good player. Um, he's just at the moment not getting the rub of the green. Whereas early in the season, he was hitting ones that were deflected and looted in. He, he, he's not been his best. I think he missed, missed Martin Waggon when he was up front. I think him and Matty Godden, the Fulham game where we absolutely destroyed them, kind of makes you think they work better as a pair than they actually do. I think Jokerez, I think there's three that we've got to worry about losing in the summer. Jokerez, Hamer, and Callum Mohair. But I think Jokerez might not, depending on Sweden gets to the World Cup, he might not want to 
Jeremy Sark and New Southern, not the time first team football. But he's a, when he's on song, he's been really, really good. And there's not many defenders that I've seen deal with him very well. If you get Jeremy, he can, he can really bully some defenders. So he's been a real point for us. Um, and to be fair, it come out of nowhere because he wasn't playing that well for us. I think he played a game for our under-23s at Leamington against Charlton or QPR. Played really well, gotten the team on the back of them and then played, hasn't missed the game for anything scoring goals. So, yeah, he's, he's really good. And just talk me through um, Jake Bidwell, signed from Swansea, uh, of course, in January. Um, a decent signing, you'd say, overall? Yeah, I mean, I think we've offered him a three-and-a-half-year deal, which... And we've offered him better money than Swansea were offering him. So he, he'll be, he's, he's good because left back is a problem position for us. We haven't really had our own left back since we sold Sam McCallum to Norwich, and that was most of the season. We had obviously Sam McCallum back on lane for two seasons. We had Ryan Giles last season. So to have a permanent left back with us for the next three and a half years while we get the youngster Josh Reed from Scotland, who hardly thought of up to speed that's really good obviously we've got Ian Maxon at the moment from Chelsea and I imagine Chelsea are wanting to play so it'll be interesting to see how if we can fit both of them into, into the same team but yeah I'm happy with that bit of business we've got someone who's been in the playoff football playoff semi-finals and playoff finals in the last two seasons so that level of experience is, is good to have and just finally Glenn talk me through obviously the job that Mark Robbins has done, because I think it's fair to say that this season, what when, when before the season began, it, it, obviously back at home at the Rico, what, what were your expectations for Coventry this season? Because I think it's fair to say that Mark Robbins has probably exceeded expectations. Is that, would you agree with me on that? Yeah, I think he's almost made a rod for his own back with the fact that we went, top of the league and, and we obliterated Fulham. I mm. think realistically the only way we're ever going to be down today, you're not going to maintain that level of, of performance on it. But the guy at Carv is an absolute genius and there'll be times where he'll pick a team and I'll look at it and go, what on earth is he doing that decision for? And 99.9% of the time he absolutely pulls pulled a rabbit out the hat and, and totally surprised me. Uh, he went away at Peterborough and played Jordan Shipley left wing back. He played once at left wing back in, in his top career and that was Norwich and he was absolutely woeful and he was brilliant. And he basically got him back in the team. Um, Jamie Allen looked like he was going this summer and he'd come back in under Mark Robbins and, and Mark Robbins has got him playing for the best football he's played in, in ages. He, he's very very good with his players he's very loyal to them um, and he gets the best out of them um, and I think what we've done well this transfer window is we've shifted a lot of the deadwood out the players that aren't we're not going to have around so although we haven't bought people in we've got a lot of the players who haven't got a future club out the door so to speak and we have got a good academy actually our under 23 side beat Hull City Academy 5-1 yesterday, which was quite good to see because they beat us 6-0 with six first-teamers in it. Um, but yeah, we've got some real good talent coming through. And if we do miss out or we, we're out the playoff, I'd like to give some of those youngsters 
a good a, a run out and give him some game time because I think that's where we're going to be. We can't go out and spend millions and mess with our one of the crown jewels. So I'd like to see try and bring another youngster to this. I, I don't think we'll make the playoff. I'd love us to, um, but I think six is probably going to be beyond us because I think we've thrown away too many points at home, actually. Unfortunately, we've, we lost, we've got points at home against teams we shouldn't be dropping points against, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Benedict, of course, whole, whole travel to Coventry in March. Um, what was, what's been your assessment of, of the Sky Blues this season? I think they've been obviously quite, quite steady. Um, obviously, they had the um, very positive starts to the season where they were in the, in the top six for quite a long part of the early period. And obviously, it came to the to the KC in October, and I thought they were quite impressive, despite not really having to get out of first gear because at that part of the season we were just we were just awful. But um, yeah, I've been I've been quite impressed with the job that Mark Robbins has been doing there for a, for a few years. Obviously, living near near to Coventry myself, it's, it's um, I don't really know that many Coventry fans, but it's been quite nice to see them come back from where they've been. I think the way they've progressed since getting promotion a couple of seasons ago and that after consolidating last season, making a push for the playoffs is something that with the way that we're looking to go is, is something that we look to sort of emulate ourselves. So yeah, it's been quite impressive, really. Glenn, is there, just, just quickly, is there a little bit of frustration maybe that obviously some, some really good results against... Uh, Fulham, of course, four, and that's probably one of the standout results, of course, the open game against Forest. But there must be frustration with some results this season, such as losing to Luton 5 0. It's just that, that there must be a feeling of frustration that it, it might be a case of what if. Yeah, I think I think that, that's a quite a valid point. There is, there is a kind of, in the fan base, there, there's kind of people that are what glass half empty, glass half full. I think. If we do miss out like, by three points, there will be games where we'll go back and say, Birmingham City at home, where we absolutely back and on both in really good football, just didn't score. Um, Sheffield United, the way we, we played reasonably well, but just didn't, didn't take the chances. Um, I think all, all the games, even QPR at home, we, we lost to one. Well, I think we are in that game. And I still don't know how we, we lost it. Um, QPR away early in the season, we, we, we were in the game and then somehow lose to you now. I think we're, we're that little bit off the top six side, but anyone else on our day, we, we can, we can see. I think if we have our full strength season out, and that's the positive. We've got a lot of games from back in February and we're near enough to be back to, to full strength, but we've got some really, really good players. At the moment and some players that are getting better as the season goes on. Obviously, like uh, Ben Sheep is one who a lot of people were a bit doubtful of, but he grew and grew and grew and becoming somewhat of a fan favourite and, and someone who pushed out the club captain, Liam Kelly, who was pretty much an integral part of the last three seasons. He's starting ahead of him um, week in, week out. Um, and obviously, Todd Kane, Benedict will know from his ballot hall, he's coming totally left, left field. And become one of the best attacking right wing that we've had in a long time. But you say from Fantastic Dabo, who is another one who is pretty much a regular. So it's, I think it's a season of transition. 
Um, now we, we're kind of slowly trying to find the best players um, for the best positions. But yeah, there will be a bit of regret because we have probably less than points to hide. But then on the other hand, with some games, probably we were, looking, we were slightly looking to win all the late goals we've got results in. Probably, yeah, it's good, but if they go the other way, then we would have got points as well. Where where do you... I think you've already mentioned that playoffs might be a... You'd like to finish in the playoffs, but if you could make just like one prediction where you, where you think you're going to finish this at the end of the season. Uh, I'll be happy with top 10. I think if you yeah. offered me now, we're away at Stoke last game of the season. If, if you offered me now, if we get a result at Stoke, and have a ch- we'd have a chance to fire off. I think most of the fans would bite your hands off now. I think that's the aim. Just try to take it to us. Four to four games in the season, and and we're still in the mix. We'll be we'll be delighted for that. But yeah, I think top ten is not. We're not as long as we progress. The last season was sixteen, but I think top ten would be fair enough. But I think obviously if a Luton or the Huddersfield get in the playoff, there will be a bit of. Could have been hmm. I just also just to round off I just want to get both your thoughts on TV selections because I think this is something that's happened this week where lots of fans have been not too happy about how they are selected and I also want to just touch because you are both of you are from championship clubs the TV selections this season have been pretty poor in selecting league one league two Glenn, what's your take on that? Why, why are league, why are leagues one and two? I, it almost seems that like they're not thought about when it comes. To, I don't think it's Sky's fault because EFL have to select select the game. So it seems very harsh not to not to see League Two and League One as as being broadcast on TV. Yeah, it's slightly strange with League One where you look at some of the big big clubs that are in there and how many of them have played in the Premier League. You've obviously got Bolton, Sunderland, Ipswich. Wigan, um, probably missing a few others out um, on that. Um, and so yeah, it is a bit, it's a bit strange. I know obviously when we were we were in League Two, it was the odd game one, but we weren't on we weren't on loads. Obviously, when we got into League One, they tended to pick some of the, the bigger games. But even in League One, even we weren't on it that much, really. Um, so yeah, I, I do think the FL don't give enough coverage to to everyone um, on it. And yeah, I mean, I think West Brom are on. West Brom have been on a ridiculous amount of points. Um, I think somebody said the next five league home games for West Brom, they're not on, they're not on a Saturday. They're not on a Saturday till yeah. early April, which is ridiculous for fans because most people work Monday to, Monday to Friday. So yeah, probably start over for Friday night probably isn't the most easiest thing in the world and obviously the other thing is they, they change games at such short notice and they're arcus off to the derby game in March is in the people might have already bought train tickets or stuff it's been moved half an hour forward again so that's just not really on the need to kind of be a bit more fair on the fans it just seems like league, leagues one and league leagues two are an out, sort of an out of thought Benedict when it comes to TV selections yeah, I think obviously us being in League One last season, there wasn't really that much coverage in general. And I think there's some some of the 
recent seasons in League One two have been quite uh, quite exciting climaxes, and it seems that they're only interested at times when it reaches that point in the season. But as as Glenn's touched on, there's a lot of big clubs in that league mixed in with a lot of the smaller clubs. So you'd think perhaps a, a team like Morecambe playing a, a team like Sheffield Wednesday at home would always end up on on telly. It's sort of a David versus Goliath occasion, but because it's not really in the Championship. And obviously the Championship gets a lot of publicity as being one of the best leagues in the world. And I think some of the some of the, some of the Championship matches you've seen on telly this season have been some of the most uh, boring games in the long, long run. And it seems like it's always teams at the top, obviously, get the um, selections right the way through the season. But I think even then, Fans aren't took into account because I think before Christmas, Middlesbrough versus Bournemouth was put on on Sky and it didn't really take into the account that Bournemouth fans have to get up at half past three in the morning, travel nine hours for a game that's on on telly. It just seems that the fans aren't cared about enough and the lower down you go, there's less money involved and you think that TV money is going to play such an important role in these clubs surviving, especially with the recent pandemic that we've been in, there's obviously going to be major financial implications. So it feels like a lot more should be took into account by those involved. Yeah, you make some excellent points there, Benedict. Um, I think that there will have to be questions about, of course, we know that the playoffs will be shown on Sky, but mm. I think there should be a little bit more consistency, really, shouldn't there? So it's an interesting talking point, and I'm sure it's a talking point that I'll probably bring up on future All Out Football podcast episodes. But for now, thank you, Benedict. Thank you, Glenn, for joining me on the, the All Out Football podcast. Uh, for those who listen, don't forget that All Out Football is a football website for opinions and features written by football fans, not just in the UK, but we do have fans from across the globe as well. So do get in touch if you want to get heard, talk about your club or talk about an issue in football. We've had recent um, issues surrounding uh throwing objects onto the pitch for example we've had articles written about that and also transfer policy and people can write whatever they want not just about their club but issues in football as well so my thanks to Benedict and Glenn for joining me on the All Out Football podcast and do tune in for our next episode Mm -hmm.